1: This is a horror movie. I do not mean that in the traditional sense. This is a terrifying glimpse of the life of an American teenage girl, as harrowing as euphoria. I am terrified to think that any girl in my life, let alone my nieces, would ever experience this true evil. My God, if you have triggers involving sexual predators or emotional sexual abuse, please don't proceed with this review or probably this film. That said, Lily McLearney plays 17-year-old Leah, a disconnected teenager who enters a relationship with a man twice her age, Tom, played by Jonathan Tucker. Leah sees Tom as the solution to all her problems, which are a little more than the average doldrums of a teen who hasn't quite figured out their life yet. But, as you would assume... With a 34-year-old man talking to a 17-year-old girl, this guy's intentions are not virtuous. I am TCD, one of the Screener Squad, and I am joined by Bradley. Hello! LeWayne. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, to give us the perspective that we never would have, Rose. Hello. (laughs) I don't expect much more than defense mechanism levity on this one, friends. So, Yeah. Let's discuss palm trees and power lines. And as we were discussing just before we started, Rose, thank you for coming on here because initially it was just going to be us three dudes uncomfortably talking about this movie.
2: Yeah, thank you for thinking of me. I, I truly appreciate the respect on that.
1: And then it's this movie that we. <laughs> and, and then we dragged you into this movie. <laughs> yeah.
2: Hey, thanks, <laughs> thanks thank you for the invite, for
1: guys. Inviting yeah. me to watch
2: this horribly disquieting movie appreciate it fellas
1: Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) you are welcome yeah this this is a film about grooming this is about a a, a 17 year old girl who's groomed by a 34 year old man and all the awful awful things that come with that and it it, that's that's essentially the whole film like there's what much more to describe and beside that Uh, so Performance-wise, aesthetically, narratively, like I I don't even know where to begin on this. So, would anyone like to jump in and share some thoughts? I'll tell
0: you. The first thing that I thought of was I must see how old this actress actually is because I'm super (laughs) uncomfortable. (laughs)
2: Yeah, she's actually
0: like 24.
2: Given some of the scenes we see in this movie, it would most definitely have to be an actress over 18.
0: She, yeah. she would have to be, but even, even within that, she says she's 17 when he asks at one point and I'm like, I don't know that I believe that.
1: <laughs> you know, like she might be younger. Yeah. His response to that, like she asks him, well, how old are you? And he just of like, I'm 34. Yeah. I think Whatever. he said
0: 37,
1: didn't
2: he? Mm. <laughs> he was
0: four. It, no, it's 34. Doesn't
2: it's 34. matter. It's gross. It's gross. either way,
0: yeah. <laughs> either way, too old. <laughs> it's gross. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: It's uncomfortably laugh gross.
2: It
1: is. Uh, I was watching this at a nice breeze going, so I had my front door open so, like, neighbors could walk by while I was watching this. Uh-huh. And it reached a point where I had to get up and shut the door because I you was go. just disturbed by what I was watching and also the fear of someone walking by going, what is that guy watching in there? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I was watching it by myself, and I just felt, uh-huh. like, looking over my shoulder, like, man, I hope nobody's, like, looking in the windows right now or anything. It just, <laughs> <"Ugh.">
3: <laughs> Well— I did not see any trailers to this. I just saw the title and then the oh, no, boy really? TC and practically my right wing man, this past couple of reviews, LeWayne, were on it. And I thought, eh, they, they need one more guy. I'll jump on it. What's says Palm trees and power lines. Okay. A coming of age story where a girl joins a rock band is my guess.
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and, uh, I was
3: Rarely completely wrong on that. It is a coming-of-age
0: story, yeah. just not what you had in mind.
3: Right. When, when this becomes, uh, I'll say it, uh, for uh, just putting it mildly, a groomer sex trafficking story, mm-hmm. not not very mild words, when did you all first notice that that's the kind of story this would be? For me, it took all the way up until the beach, and he starts yeah. to gaslight her.
1: Yeah, when he pulls her to the car and he's like, you don't talk to other guys, you only talk to me. Uh. i like I, since Bradley, since you're blaming me and Léwine, I'm gonna blame Léwine because Léwine. I saw your name sitting alone on this movie, and I was like, oh poor Léwine, cheese stands alone. I'm in on this. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what the pound trees and power lines. What a cool indie sounding title. So I kind of like didn't watch the trailer either. So I got suckered yeah. in by. That's your how I got into face.
0: it too. I'm like, yeah, well, this yeah. makes, it's got some laurels and it's got that <laughs> title. I'm like, this is an indie darling. It should be. Oh yeah. oh no.
2: Honestly, the the moment that, that my radar started to, like, scream at me was, was super early on from the very first interaction where he's just following alongside her in his truck. And he's like, well, come on, can I take you home? Uh-huh. And she very correctly says, no, I don't think I should. And then he just keeps talking to her. And I was like, oh. Um.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it happened probably around the same time, Bradley, that your red flags were. There were red flags up to this point, but I was like. Maybe, maybe it won't go this way. Oh no. And and by the time it reaches the third act where it escalates to just like I described this as a horror film, I'm literally talking to this girl through my computer going, just leave, just run, just run, run now. Just run.
2: At at one point when she was, I I don't know how much we want to spoil this. If, care at all but when she's in the hotel room by herself anticipating someone Mm -hmm. coming in and she's like going to the window and and whatnot i was thinking honey there is a phone right there yeah
0: Yeah. watching this i'm like initially i'm like this is just a terrible relationship like red flag relationship okay Mm -hmm. whatever and then we get to the scene in the diner where the waitress talks to her yes and i'm like oh god he is it really is and then it just sort of
1: hmm
0: I'm like, well, maybe this is just terrible, but.
1: And 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 here we are talking like we're pseudo describing these mov- moments of the movie that upset us and whatnot. I I do think this is a extraordinarily well crafted film. Oh because yeah, it is, it is so uncomfortable, but it is so real. One of the things I noticed really quickly: there's only diegetic music in this. There's only two moments of score. Where music that just comes from the you know the the, the orchestra comes and plays in. For the most part, this is a very quiet movie and very slow and and paced in such a way where you experience these horribly uncomfortable things in real time. There's no soundtrack to to guide your emotions. You're stuck sitting in the silence with this girl as she's experiencing these things. Yeah, and that's very I mean, very impressively well crafted.
2: It's not shot like a documentary. It doesn't even seem like it's necessarily meaning to evoke a documentary. But because everything is so stark and, yeah, so many scenes happen in real time, in one take, and there's really not a lot of music or anything, it it feels like a documentary.
1: Yeah, which just makes it all that much more horrifying, as I said up front, to think about the the girls and the women and the the family I have in my life and to fear – that they ever experience this or will ever experience this is terrifying because mm-hmm. this is real. This is coming from
2: mm-hmm.
1: reality. This sort of thing happens, and that's frightening, yeah, to say the least.
0: Well, it's one of those things that's even weirder because you've got, you know, groomer as a term is getting – abused and, and misused and there's all these stories about how people end up getting trafficked and i'm like but that's not what happens it's like this yeah it's yeah. a slow played sort of thing most people not entirely but like in this situation they're not just he's not snatching her and taking off with her no he's building a dependence right he's isolating her you know and she's beginning to isolate herself because she realizes compared to everybody else he's the only thing that's interesting in
1: her life you know? Yeah, this follows such a textbook grooming pattern. Not, not, and as you said, Llewane, as people sort of abuse that world now or, or sort of twist that word. Yeah. Looking at the, basically the, the definition of what sexual grooming of a teenager is, you identify and target the victim. That's uh-huh. a child or a teen. You gain their trust. You play a role in their life. You isolate them, you create secrecy, you initiate sexual contact, and then you fully control that relationship just piece by piece by piece. Uh, this reminded me of the film from 2008 with Carrie Mulligan and Alfred Molina called An Education. Did anybody want mm-hmm. yeah, to I see that? that? I remember that. Yeah. And while that one is, ah, I guess, kid gloves compared to this, and it's a period piece – I was reminded of it pretty quickly as this unfolded. And where that one is very heartbreaking and more about this young girl being traumatized and then healing her relationship with her father, this is not about that at all. Don't expect a happy ending in this for for its reality of it. This, this left me feeling so gross about it. I didn't I you, you three are the first time talking to anyone about it.
2: Yeah. 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 Same. I once when, when I first started watching it, I had I, I did watch the trailer, but the trailer doesn't quite give away the game. It, it sort <laughs> of, but they, they very cleverly hide what's really going on, and so as I started watching the movie, I was kind of building in my mind the kind of like, you know, lighthearted jokes and whatnot. I would make in these kind of reviews to keep things light, <laughs> but as the movie yeah. went on, I was like, "Oh, Oh, no, and it, as it continued to go on from there, I, I almost turned it off at one point just because I was like, look, this is this is really well made, but I, I don't like this. I don't want to watch this. I, I get I'm where so it's going. Sorry. I've seen enough. I'm
1: so sorry, Rose. <laughs> oh, no, it's I'm fine. So sorry, I mean, it's,
2: it's part of my job. But i got to <laughs> say this is one of the best-made movies that I never want to watch again.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that's, that's a great yep. description of it. Did, uh, Rose, being a perspective we can't possibly have, did you find accuracy in how the, the teens were portrayed in this, of how the girls experiencing this were portrayed in it?
2: Yeah, I mean, there there is definitely a difference and the teenagers from the 2000s and teenagers in the 2020s are different but same in in many ways uh-huh. and so that that sense of yeah just boredom and ennui and I don't know what I want to do and other matters who cares and her and her mom it's implied very strongly that they were like lower income kind of struggling and then they show the mom herself is just not the worst parent in the world but not the best either and i i knew those people growing up uh, and in yeah. that way yes it they hit the nail on the head yeah it was again very documentary like everything in this yeah. movie was realistic
1: and bradley you being a parent uh, and having i believe little girls in your life as well did this terrify mm-hmm. you yeah
2: uh yeah
1: <laughs> All right, good. I'm glad. <laughs> <where> to...
3: <laughs> well, y- yes and no. I mean, she just has no one to talk to, no mature adult to talk to that has the time. Like, I'm sure a lot of people will come away from this being like, if only the mother, because the father never gets blamed. I'm aware of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If only He's the mother, but the mother has to have a full time job so she has a food and shelter. It's really to this film's credit. I don't think blaming anyone it's actually kind of exposing how crafty uh, this type of criminal is Yeah, and how easy it is. If you don't take some kind of uh, precaution into showing uh, the young people how to avoid such a troubling, uh, very traumatic and disgusting scenario. Mm-hmm. And well, that's what I got from it. Jonathan Tucker is the, of course the creeper, named Tom in this mm-hmm. and he never plays it up as a cartoony villain. You know, no. there are a lot no. of opportunities he has to be like, yeah, this is what I wanted all along or anything ridiculous like that. No. He always seems like it's heartbreaking how this ends, but that is how this type of scenario plays out because these aren't cartoony villains. They're people and they're, shameless a lot of people can mistake the shamelessness for clever Mm
2: -hmm. but
3: that shamelessness allows them to really get their hooks in uh these poor troubled you know young people who unfortunately just don't have the support shout out to that one scene where someone without even realizing it was trying to help her escape the situation as well Mm -hmm. because i I really enjoyed that scene Mm -hmm. and uh, we can all be that person You know, don't look for red carpets or like someone with a tall hat and a mustache twirling his finger (laughs) because you're just not going to see that. That's Mm. not real. And this, I think, was very uncomfortable, perhaps because it was a little too real. Mm. But uh, credit to it. I think maybe we need that kind of story right now.
1: Yeah. And I find it fascinating this. You could pull any number of To Catch a Predator episodes to craft a film like this. And Currently, in our society, as we're dealing with that sort of thing, is uh, to catch a predator caught these kind of guys, not drag queens. And that seems yeah. to be what yeah, the exactly. focus is. This, what we just watched, this is the reality. This is the danger children have. Yep. And yet, yeah, mm-hmm. someone could watch this and you want to blame the mom. The mom is not giving the full engagement to her daughter that she probably deserves, but the mother is a person too. Doing the best she can, being as broken as she can, personal abuse, physical abuse, like all this stuff. Who knows what the mom went through that she instilled mm-hmm. in her daughter that allowed her to get to this point. Right. Rose pointed out that Leah smartly said, no, no, I shouldn't get in the car. She, she initially, that was her instinct. She also is a good girl that doesn't want to dine and dash. She's not been raised so poorly to make these decisions immediately. She, she has been instilled with some goodness in her. And then that crumbles and falls apart. There's a communicator missing in her life, as Bradley said as well. And I think that to to so blanket black and white this story to Tom's villain, look at no, no, there's this is so weirdly fuzzy and gray in all the wrong ways. Well,
0: that's that's just it, because even when you talk about her mom as a model, her mom is also in some way dependent on men. Right. Like she she pays full attention to Leah when there's not a man in her life. And when there is a man in her life, she doesn't have any time for her anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's all Tom offers initially is focused devotion. He doesn't go out of his way to do anything for a long time. He, Like I said, he slow plays it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's heroic at the beginning. He essentially mm-hmm. saves her from a situation that she's in because of the Dine and Dash thing you're talking about. And then he shows up and he's rolling along talking to her. Yeah. And when he's trying to bait her with music, what what they finally settle on, he even comments on, oh, she likes oldies. And I'm like, well, that's an unpleasant line to have in there.
2: She's an old soul.
0: (sighs) Yep. Mm -hmm. It's voyeuristic and uncomfortable watching it because part of it is it's creepy to watch, but you also can't do a damn thing about it which is what the real thing sort of feels like.
1: Why don't you take that and fold into some final thoughts, Louie?
0: Yeah. From a technical standpoint, this is a really, really good film. It looks good. It sounds good. The cinematography is great. Performances are great. Leah is the actress that plays Leah is fantastic in this. She's believable. Tom is uncomfortably believable because he doesn't come across as Bradley described as a mustache twirling villain. Mm -hmm. He's just a dude. Who's nice to a girl. And thing things progress from there. But I don't ever, ever want to see this movie again. And I don't know who I could recommend it to. That's the other thing. Like, there are people you want to see it because you want them to understand the message. Yeah. But I don't know if this is how I want them to get that message. And it's so my kids are not probably going to see this movie. I'm also not super concerned about them being in this situation. But mm-hmm. in the end, um, I'm going to give this a couple points for the technical stuff and a couple points for the the performances. So I'm going to put this kind of right in the middle because I don't want to watch it again. Uh, 2.5. Out of five times, I said, no, Leah, what are you doing?
1: (laughs) Well, while I'll say that the subject matter of this film is haunting and will leave you feeling disgusted with humanity, I do have to compliment Lily McNearly's performance as Leah as well. She is raw and real and just utterly believable. I feared for her. I'm haunted by the unanswered questions that this film leaves us with because I can make assumptions. She handled the material with precision, and if she continues to perform at this level, I think she'll be one of those award-worthy names that we we see frequently come up when, when deeper dramatic films like this are made. John Tucker is also walking this incredible line of monster and charm, so good to him as well, I suppose. But the tension of this movie is heavy, especially with no score and these long, lingering shots. To watch these events fold out in real time. Excellent film but truly awful that I will never watch again and if you can stomach it, it is it is very well done. So I'm going to give Palm Trees and Power Lines an 8 out of 10 and I just really don't want to make a joke about this. So. <laughs> uh, Bradley, why don't you go next?
3: So This wasn't anything at all I ex- expected. Uh, certainly was a good refresher on what to look out for in terms of actual groomers and creepers and Really just an all-around bad time watching it, though. (laughs) I did like the performance of uh, Lily McHenry, you know. Very teenager, very lonely. And that's so many teenagers with and without attentive parents, I'd imagine. Especially in a world where everyone is a stranger, but you can know about anyone you want in a second, at least the basics. I definitely did not grow up with that. So uh, I would have no idea how to navigate that as a teenager. Uh, I've been a huge fan of Jonathan Tucker ever since I mistook him for uh, Ashton Holmes in A History of Violence. That's not Jonathan Tucker, but <laughs> but I always used to think it was. So I also watched The Relic, uh, Virgin Suicides. Mm,
1: yes.
3: Um, no, The Ruins, not The Relic. And, uh, of course, he was in Justified, excellent show on FX. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's good to see him again. I always thought he was kind of not a big star like he should. I don't think a role like this will do him favors in that department, but who knows? So, yeah, it's just one of those that I wouldn't recommend this to anybody, but people should watch it. So I'm going to say also 7 out of 10 instagram stalking your friends to find out who they're dating and what's up with that
1: <laughs> rose go ahead
2: uh yeah i kind of agree with grad bradley sentiments that i i can't necessarily recommend it but i i can't not at the same time i i don't know who to recommend it to other than people who just like to watch really tough drama movies or people who can watch really tough indie dramas. And I would say recommend it to parents if, if there's somebody that you know that is just like woefully out of touch and, and needs to see this kind of thing to really go, hey, hey, look, um, th- that kind of person might just need to see it as terrible as it is. I, I feel weird like you've been giving any kind of ratings at all. I don't want to get too jokey with our usual rating scale, so I'm just gonna say three out of five is the best I can say about it. Because technically it's very competent. Like this is a beautifully shot, perfectly acted movie. Like there's nothing wrong with it from a technical standpoint, but just everything else is just, uh, um Yeah. Yeah. I, I do and don't recommend it. If if you've listened to this and you can know what you're getting into, go for it, but don't say we didn't warn you. <laughs>
1: Well, with that said, if you or anyone in your life, even if only in passing, like the waitress in this film, have fears that grooming or worse is happening, there are numerous resources. You can report incidents or suspicious situations that may involve the sexual exploitation of children. You can file a report with the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children at www.cybertipline.com or you can call... 1-800-843-5678. You can call the National Human Trafficking Hotline, 888-373-7888. And if you need help or to connect with an advocate, you can report a tip. You can actually become an advocate yourself and get assistance for resources by calling the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children at 1-800-THE-LOST. So, hey, please be safe out there, and please know that there is help. Yeah. Uh, But thank you, you three, for coming on in, chatting about this very heavy subject.